The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> Guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> hey, fuckers. Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the Anti-Slut-Shaming Podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. And today's episode is brought to you by Dirty Lemon. It's just not just what I call Steven in the bedroom. It's also a wellness beverage brand featuring ingredients that have been well-established in the naturopathic community. There's three types. There's sleep, detox, skin, and hair. And if you order, you order them via text, you just go to dirtylemon.com, register your mobile number, send them a text and expect a delivery within one to two days. If you mention you heard about Dirty Lemon on Guys We Fucked, they'll throw in an extra case of sleep for free in your first order. Do it. Corinne and I both drink it and it's fucking good. I mean, look at us. We're doing great. Look at how detoxed I am. (laughs) It is good though. It is good. And I also shout out to the guy who tried to mansplain what naturopathy was. And I was like, I worked at a spa for a holistic spa for five fucking years. So thank you. <laughs> I wish everyone could see Curran's face. I was so irritated. Right I was like, <laughs> I know. I, I was I like, that's my it. jam. That's yeah. exactly. I was like, I, I, I said on the podcast you know, you don't know that Curran. acupuncture saved my life. I think I know what woo woo doctor stuff is. <laughs> that's what my dad calls it. Woo woo. Yes. Well, that's the name for it. <laughs> I always tell really? No, I mean, no, no I, okay. on the streets. <laughs> I always tell Kate, well, give me some of that woo woo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, come see us live please tonight March 24th it's Glamour Puss uh, hosted by myself and Wendy Starling the doors open at 7 if tickets are sold out they might be we do release 10 door tickets the day of at 7pm shows at 730 Zinc Bar 
82 West 3rd Street in the West Village. Going to be a fucking good time. And then on Wednesday, March 29th at 9 p.m., it's another edition of The Comedian Project, co-hosted by myself and Katie Hannigan, who you've heard on this podcast. It's at the Standing Room in Long Island City. Uh, Tickets are $5 when you use the code word sex, but the show has no jokes about sex, dating, or relationships, and we have a good time. That doesn't mean it's a clean show. So, you know, just know that. We are doing a tour. We're doing, we tour all the time, but we're, uh, these are the like, upcoming dates we have for guys. We fucked the experience, which you can bring people who've never heard of the podcast before. They will have a good time. They'll be okay. Yeah. Trust me. Boston, Thursday, April 13th. We're going to be at the Wilbur. Uh, Chicopee, Massachusetts, Friday, April 14th at the Hookie Lauk. I know it's not, I know you really don't want to go to Chicopee, but I'm telling you that's going to be a fun place. The drinks are going to have umbrellas. Yeah. Austin, Texas, April 20th through the 22nd. We're going to be a moon tower comedy festival, individual ticket links. Uh, they go on sale March 27th. Okay. That's all I got for now, but we will be there. Save the date. And the second that tickets become available, we'll blast it on our social media. Uh, Houston, Texas on Sunday, April 23rd. We're at the warehouse live. Remember last week when we we're like, Oh, that's almost sold out. That I was, was a joke. Kidding. That just was a kidding. joke. It's not please buy. LOL. Houston, Texas. Yeah. Or wait, that's what we just said. <laughs> Las Vegas, Nevada. Thursday, May 18th to Saturday, May 20th. We're going to be doing the crapshoot comedy festival, y'all. <laughs> Milwaukee, <laughs> Wisconsin. That's Friday, how I talk there. Friday, June 2nd, we're going to be at the Pabst Theater. Chicago, Illinois. We're coming back Saturday, June 3rd. We're doing the fourth annual, 26th annual comedy festival. There's two shows, one at 7 p.m., one at 10 p.m. at the Talia Hall. And that'll be fun. Yeah. Bye tickets. It'll be fun. Speaking of buying shit, mm-hmm. some people pre-ordered our book. We have a book that we are, that is written and it's Com- available for pre-order. Completely written. Totally written and edited. Not one word. Everything is perfectly in place. Unwritten. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's all written. And these people are people who pre-ordered it. And where, when are we doing shout outs until? Uh, there's a certain date that we said last week. Oh, I think the, the cutoff was what a, whoever bought it until last week. It was, oh, like, really? the, or it was like today, oh. this Friday. Oh, so, yeah. These are the people who didn't miss out because they're fucking fun. Yeah, you have a couple more hours to do it. I think it's like, a, I think we said like 11.59 p.m. tonight on day of release. So oh, Friday yeah. night, yeah. So if you want to order our book, it's, uh, you go to sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com slash book. And uh, there's links to order it. And then once you're done doing that, if you want us to shout out your name on the podcast, fill out the form on our website under that same URL. Sounds more difficult than it is. It's really easy, I promise. So thank you so much to the following people. Justine Allison, Isabel Wilson, Summer Brassick. Yeah, that's how you say it. Ashley Cash, Ruby Ann Garcia, Paulina Sines, Jasmine Boyd, Aaron Tappan, Sarah Haver, Carly Warrender, Kayla Altman, Brianna James, Kayla Marler, Alexis Cozart, Angelina Pina, Margot Carpenter, Beatrice Reeder, Holly Lafano, Julia Hansen, Sierra Herring, Allie Gallinger, Laura Spratt, Timothy Drew, Karen Ramirez, Nancy Jimenez, Kristen McFarlane, Haley Caradona, Jackie Sanchez, Casey Hathaway, Shannon Healy, Melanie Hittinger, Yo, what's up, North Penn, Lindsay Miller, Natalie Sanfratello, that wasn't so bad, <laughs> Casey Clarenbeck, Amanda Eason, Michelle Bossi, and, oh, here we go, Anselmo Hermosillo, I'm sorry, Katie Williams, Stacey Ruas, Kyle Eckhart, Diana Hernandez, Amy Kern, Rachel McSorley, Zoe Gill, Angel Gallegos, Lindsay Grizzard, Brooke Wilson, 
Oh God, Brooke Wilson. Brooke Wilson. <laughs> I know how every elementary school teacher feels. <laughs> Olga Nikolayeva. We practiced that one. We Olga. did. I practiced it. And Emma Hoyle. Yes. Uh. And then also thank you. Uh oh, here we go. To number one, one of my best friends in the entire world, Manny Vozos. Thank you so much. Love you. Uh, Samantha Lonzak, Kat Nierengarten. Hannah Herbert, sorry, I'm also sick. Uh, Mary West, Lee Hastings, Michelle Dederko, uh, Rebecca Casavant, Kaylee Indeck, Madeline Arias, Megan Kelly, uh, not probably not that one, but uh, Andrea Goodwin, Amanda Aldis, Jessica Stevens, Lindsay Smith, Molly Coffey. Oh, that's a cool oh, name. I'm Molly Coffey. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, Dana Bizon, Brick Ritter, Darby Fallon, Katie Kakuka, Christina Masic, Mary. Catherine Bradley, Brianna Middleman, Natalia Vasquez, Diana mm, Nauf, hey. Jackie Pace, Cara Bridges, Alex Italiano. I mean, that sounds like a character you made up. I know. I'm Alex Italiano. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, Erica Sharp, Deanna Scheller, Brittany uh, Nesladek, Annie Sullivan, Hakeem Henry, Chris Walden, Alexandra Porto, Leanne Jansen, Simon D. We get it. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, that, yeah, I don't know if you did that on purpose or not, but uh, Emily Todd, Katie Scott, Allison Zuck, uh, Rachel Tesmer, Christina Cooney, Megan Mitchell, Nicole Trowfer, Alex Volsansky, Elaine St. Germain, Alessandra Fair, Alessandra, <laughs> Anna Ketchum, Jenny. Pettit, Amanda Walla, Megan Daniel, David Berry, Vanessa Navarro Rodriguez. We oh, thank my you. God. We thank you so much. And that's not all the shout outs. Ugh, no. We, we, and well, I'm going to think of a way to make this like a little game. We'll like do I'll like. Well, it's fun for rhyme. the people who bought it. So, I mean, yeah. just buy a book and then maybe you'll have more fun during that segment. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> It's very you know, simple. You make a good point. <laughs> like, mm, this isn't fun for me. Well, do better. <laughs> like during award ceremonies, like they're never going to call my name. Yeah, because you suck. <laughs> you suck at whatever we're give- awarding and you need to get better. And we're publicly shaming you to light a fire under you your ass. You should do Big Brothers Big Sisters. I already have. Oh, I, I had a go. little sister named Jubilee. Oh, she was great. Oh, her name was Jubilee? Yeah, yeah because these fucking angel. kids have been through way more than any of these people listen to <laughs> complain about i had some a, of them um, that's well, rough roads yeah no i there was no one like that was like raped or anything but yeah no for, but, but like basically they were that just, you know yeah uh, not that i know well they could they, they tell you about the kids so oh. i probably would know unless oh, okay. they didn't know and then you know but yeah. anyway the point is uh no people uh liked me in the big brothers big sisters program because you um, told it like it is i kept it real i want to be with miss karen because she tells it like it is <laughs> no i mean they're sassy to you that's good kids that's great. why i love kids because they're fucking honest jubilee was awesome i really liked her she's she a was... great name now i'm gonna name a kid that well is your kind of kid going to be Puerto Rican? Otherwise, they, I don't think they can pull it off. No, I mean, I, I somehow pulled off K-R-Y-S-T-Y-N-A. If I met a Jew named Jubilee, I would be like... <gasps> That's a myth even better. You gotta, you gotta spell it J-E-W. <laughs> <laughs> Jubilee. Jubilee. And then it's fine. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Getting all kinds of ideas. I love Jubilee. I hope she's not pregnant. Okay, moving on. Um, let's see what we're talking about today. So I know... Sometimes we get these emails and are sorry about last night uh, inbox. And it's definitely like people trying to trick us into talking about what they want to promote for free on the podcast. And in this case, it worked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so IMDB, which for those of you 
you don't know it's the internet movie database it's where you uh, you know you're watching a movie and you're like who's that gal i who's remember the lighting designer i remember for that gal and then you look it up and you're like oh that's that's that actor um so they just started doing a, a new F rating uh, to highlight films that are directed by women, written by women, and or pass the Bechdel test, which means they feature conversation between women that isn't about men. Um, so I just wanted to discuss thoughts on this because I think people are always so excited. Like, look what we're doing. This is we're helping you. We put an F to everything <laughs> so that you don't have to be subjected. Okay, good. Because I wasn't sure what your opinion on this was. Movies that are directed by a man because I know that might hurt you. <laughs> and I won't know that like, you're not. Guys, sorry. I have a degree in fucking directing. If you don't watch movies directed by men, you're going to see two movies and they both are going to be <laughs> a little bit not that good. Two. There's like four. <laughs> gonna be, you're going to watch I, The Virgin Suicide. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be like this rotation of five movies is great um well at first upon reading that article after you highlight because i wasn't sure what your opinion of it was and i, was I like, keep it a little condescending i always keep it secret so you don't know i know i mean come on nine times out of ten i'm gonna hate it but yeah <laughs> but uh it, it is a little condescending it, it does also speak though too because remember and we made them pink <laughs> oh no they didn't right no. they didn't make them fucking what pink. if netflix oh. the envelope oh, dvds gross. they just started sending them in pink envelopes if you're a woman <laughs> they send you pink envelopes. and a tampon <laughs> oh. <laughs> this one's emotional you might start bleeding during it <laughs> you can't handle anything oh well i will God. say I, I talked about this on uh the intro to one of the podcasts right after i saw mad max yeah because i was one of the reasons why i was so blown away i first of all i don't i have like some disorder in which after i see a movie in the movie theater i'm still in the world of that movie for at least a couple more hours oh that's magical it's, we, yeah but that's why i went to a strip club after i saw spring breakers because oh, yeah. i was like i can't i can't and then i saw logan and there was this we i was we were walking home from the theater and there was this belligerently drunk guy like knocking over signs and i was like steven you go inside. I'm gonna follow him. And I and Stephen was like, "What the fuck? No!" And I'm like, "Well, then you're coming with me because I want to make sure that he hasn't hurt anybody." I just felt like you felt like weird. you were an X Man. Yeah, kind of. Um, but after I saw Mad Max, one of the things that blew me away was with Charlize uh, with Furiosa, Charlize Theron's character. She was a badass fucking bitch. She didn't give a shit about banging Tom Hardy, no matter how good he fucking looked. And good God, he looked good. Uh, and she that wasn't even part of the conversation. It wasn't even part of her dialogue. It wasn't even a little bit of part of the plot. And me, me being so like amazed by that made me realize how little women are featured in film uh, or television where the plot doesn't involve like, yeah, but I want a guy. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't like me, I'll die. And it's just so fucking annoying to see. So I guess if you're like, you know what? I'm in the mood to see a fucking movie that doesn't involve women uh, uh, yeah. only wanting to be, talk about men. Yeah, I would I would probably look that up, honestly. I liked the part about the best shell test just because I think that's interesting. And I think not a lot of people are even aware what it is because I, I, you really only hear like little feminists, you know, like people little talk, feminists, little, like, you know, like little eight year olds, little feminists is what I call feminists. I hate um, oh. <laughs> annoying, feminists. you know, the little twerps. <laughs> Um, you twerp. Uh, you only hear just people mentioning that, but I think it's very. Extreme. I think it's very important because, uh, and I know, like when we're writing, but like my mom pointed it out. She didn't call it the fucking Bechdel, Bechdel test because she's not an asshole, but she was just like, 
I would always watch Sex in the City and she'd be like, yeah, but don't don't you think the problem with this show is like all the all every episode is just them like whining over men, like even though they're like super successful and they live in New York and they have these great apartments. And I was like, you know what? Valid point. Yeah, you could still enjoy the show, but I think it's important to know that and to oh, recognize yeah. it because I didn't recognize it until I look back at it and go, wait a second. Yeah. Miranda was a lawyer and she didn't talk about that like once. And everyone was a fucking mess. I was like, dear I know. God, get it together. Yeah. And it's just like, then we become accustomed to like, well, women are messes. That's fine. Right. And like, that's okay. And that's the norm. And that's almost something to strive for. Like, oh, I'm striving to like, want to start my day with a Xanax and a Rose. Yeah. Oh, start the day. Oh, that's sad. Well, I mean, when you, when you get that good money, you're going to start the day like that. <laughs> I don't Gotta know. do something with your monies. It is interesting. But you know, it's also fun, fun to have IMDb send well, us to us. Be like, oh, let's send it, send it to the guys we fuck podcast. They're going to love it. Yeah. You're wrong. LOLs. But also too, like if you look statistically, just because I've been researching, because remember when we wrote that book, um, one of the things I was researching was, you know, like with the financial gap and stuff and statistically women don't invest their money as much as men do. And that's we don't know. The, how. Yeah. We're like, I don't know how to, yeah. But if fucking if, if honestly, and I know this sounds trite, but I think if women had more important jobs in film and television and their plot wasn't involved around the approval of a dude, it would be, it, I don't know. You just, what, what is possible and what is not possible out of a woman, it, it kind of shapes that in you. Pop sure. culture does. Yeah, pop, I mean, a, a lot of like, especially for like kids like Gus, I'm sure, a lot of like what I thought my life was going to be like was dictated by the movies I watched. Yeah. So I'm very confused because I thought I was going to be happy and when's that coming? Yeah, and when when I first got, I my last my last ever day job was in an accounting department at uh, this company called WeWork, shout out. Um, but there it was mostly women, and mm-hmm. they were all accountants and they were fucking number crunching. Oh my God. They were so smart. They were just so, I mean, I'm not, math is not, I got an AP math in high you school. Be, then I got right really out of it. You're good know? at math. You're not an accountant. You're like something well, way they work more in, They work in the financial section of right. that company, whatever, yeah. whatever is budget. I don't, I don't even know the fucking words. Right. And I just shredded the paper, but I, I caught myself thinking like, God, it's, it's mostly women and they're all really smart. Why am I shocked by that? That's weird. I'm going to go shred it's, my paper now. It's sad to be shocked by that. Well, also, yeah. our lawyer's office has a, almost all his, like the lawyers that work there are women. Yeah. And like they are also women who look like supermodels. But I mean, it is Beverly Hills. Yeah. So. The, yeah. And we and I know even you and I walked in, we're like, we were kind of surprised, but there should you shouldn't be surprised. No. And you want to live in a world where you're not surprised. Right. Or scared when you walk into a place <laughs> that, you know, the job's not going to get done right. You know, you want to go on that plane with a and female, see your pilot. female pilot and go, fuck yeah, bitch. We're going to get there on time and looking great. Yep. Maybe early, in fact. Um, anyway, so check that out. And then also, uh, while we're in like non super personal stuff, I watched an interesting film last night on uh, Netflix called Accidental Courtesy. Uh, Accidental mm. Courtesy. It's about uh, it's about race. It's about this uh, musician, African-American musician named Daryl Davis. And basically he spent his life uh, seeking out and befriending members of the KKK oh. to change their opinions. <gasps> Wait, is this a documentary? Race. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. Oh, it is. Docu- a do- sorry, sorry, I missed that part because I, I was waiting to tell if you were going to say it was fiction or not. Uh, no, no, no. It's a documentary. It's it's fabulous, uh, and obviously it's about race. And I, I'm I'm just like, recommending it because it it goes into a lot of things that we talk about on this podcast, uh, uh, like methods for uh, creating 
the change that you want to see yeah. in the world and ha- it being effective. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a all about communication. Basically the movie is when you, when you think about it, it boils down to communication and how he was willing to sit down. And like, it takes a lot of work to number find these people have the courage to go and talk to someone who like might has spoken openly about like wanting you not to exist. And I th- also, it uh, explains some differences. I think people are confused about the actual motives of the KKK. It's just like, Oh, they're just, they want all, black people to die. They all want all Jews to die. That's not actually true. Uh, when you say stuff like that, that's really um, more of a Nazi culture, whereas... Which they exist. <laughs> yes. Nazis exist and they do want you to die. Yeah. So don't ever be yeah. confused about that. But the KKK <laughs> is more like they want separation, which oh. some black people also, some some members of uh, Black Lives Matter, which they do interview some young members and oh, some older talk. members of Black Lives Matter. And I just think it's really interesting to see kind of these conversations and they don't all go well. Uh, And it's very interesting. And I think you can apply kind of the skills that Daryl Davis uses uh, when talking to, if you're a liberal, when talking to your conservative friends. And if you are a feminist talking to someone who's a misogynist, like I really think um, there's a lot of good and you might not agree with his tactics and you might, you know, still be like the, a lot of the people who work for black lives matter. were not into it because they're like, yeah. Cause it's like, why is my job to educate all these fucking right. idiots? And I see that a lot on Facebook that yeah. people feel frustrated, but I, I like your it. job. Yeah. It's not if, your job. You but we, want appreci- it, don't. we appreciate it. And I think he's putting in a lot of work of having these conversations. Uh, and they're like, well, you know, all these years you only got like, you know, 10, 26 or whatever people, to resign from the KKK. That's great. But that's one guy's work and that's amazing. And I just think it's like, a, it's a really like intimate way of uh, creating change. And not that there's anything with marches and stuff, but their marches are very vague and they come off as like, kind of like, it's like we all get out and march and we're like really excited. But like what he does, like just seems like it takes a lot more work to well, get in your car and meet yeah. these people one by one than just to get, you know, put on some, a sweatshirt march and then go. Well, there's the missing like right there. He's humanizing himself. Exactly. Somebody who doesn't see him as a human. Yeah. And it's like, a, that's, that's like, like why it's such a powerful thing to look somebody in the eyes who you have an opposing opinion with and really connect with them and realize that you both are both uh, neither people are are monsters yeah and there is a way to talk to each other and disagreeing is fine but to uh, make people understand where you're coming from i think is so important the the one problem is though that i'm sure he's run into in this documentary i'm really excited to watch it it's probably like people don't want to change their minds they're they're happy being fucking stubborn for sure and i mean like you know obviously people aren't all you know it's like they're all like you know joining the end uh and i don't whatever you know yeah i'm like i can't even think or talk um they're not all doing that but like you know they're definitely hanging up their hoods and that's and that's a, a start and i think what i learned at the end of it and i was thinking and i i understood it i understood the anger from the black lives matter people. Uh, I totally got it. Cause they're like, why are you sitting down with these assholes? I get it. I get yeah. that anger too. There was also a, a huge age gap between a lot of those people. But the thing that everyone had in common, whether they be members of the KKK, whether they be Daryl Davis uh, or whether they be the black lives matter folks, they all had a need to be heard and a need to feel important. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we see reinforced time and time again. in like a lot of conversations that we have, like most people just want to be heard and want to feel important. And a lot of these people in the KKK, like it's hard to imagine feeling like scared as just like a white guy, but there is this weird fear that a lot of white dudes feel like, like, like my 
culture in quote is being like overtaken or washed away by black people. I don't agree with that, but that's just what their, their feeling right. is. And, uh, but it's, and not a lot of people would even take the time to, to hear somebody say that. Right. And I think that's, and I think that's really interesting. And, you know, Daryl Davis looks smart and a lot of the other people on both sides look dumb. So it's just interesting. Yeah. And it's also kind of, kind of a lesson in educating yourself and not just going and shouting in people's face about something like really knowing the facts. Because yeah. I mean, I had no idea the difference between like a neo-Nazi and a member of the KKK. I didn't know that that separation between like wanting people to die and just wanting to separate. Like yeah. those are two very different concepts. Yeah. And it's weird because even if you are mm-hmm. like, if you believe, if you have what you think is strong morals and stuff, when people email us, uh, disagreeing with something we said on the podcast or criticizing us, their tone is whether or not I, t- I listen to them. If, right. they, if they come at me with their, or they email us and they're like, I can't fucking believe you guys said blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't even want to listen to what you have to say. Right. But if someone emails us and it happens all the time, that's like, hey, you guys have mentioned this and I just wanted to give you another perspective on it. And here, it's like, there we go. Mm-hmm. Let's talk like people. Yeah, Cause you even build said- a wall up the second you give me an attitude like that. Yeah, he's like, why? He's like, everyone's like, why are you like driving to these people's houses? And he was like, well, because I, via Facebook isn't going to work. Yeah. But like people, these people are just little tame kitty cats in, in person, as you might've imagined. And then on a last note, um, you know, uh, I, I did read, I read somewhere a while ago that masturbation helps alleviate headaches and I get a oh. lot of headaches. So like my finger has become like Florence Nightingale. Like basically it's just working overtime. Your finger's Jesus with a <laughs> bottle of Tylenol. And, um, I was it's I was so proud of myself because I was able to have an orgasm this past week by merely imagining that I was having sex with Marilyn Manson. Wait, you were figuring yourself too though, right? Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, I mean, no, was I wasn't just it wasn't just a mind I was like, you orgasm. Made yourself come no, 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 no. I'm not I don't I don't even believe that really happens. I mean, some people claim it does, Dreams. right? I don't really believe it. And now wow. it's just like, you know what, this is the benefit of growing up in a boring town in New Jersey, you have a great imagination. Girl. Yeah. Gr- imagination is an underrated thing and it's the key to happy life. Yeah. I don't think I've ever, cause I don't think I've ever had been able to like, just imagine having sex with someone I've the never makeup? actually had sex with. Oh, I do all the time. No. Oh my God. All the time. Oh, I don't. Oh, or someone I don't know in real life. Rather. Oh, I've never met Marilyn Manson. I think that's my point. Oh, like yeah, a yeah, celebrity. Yeah, yeah. I I've, never I've never done, done that. that. I've done, I've definitely imagined fucking like God. I want. I've wanted I to know. fuck Bruce Willis since I was a kid. It's weird. It's this weird thing. A lot, with Bruce I, Willis. I, I see that. A lot and of people. even still, yeah. The older he gets, the more I want to fuck him. He he's still looking good. So good. Yeah. Shiny ass head. Mmm, Bruce. Get over here, baby. I'm sorry. That was rude. I'm just not into that name because that's my old boss's name. Oh. Um. All right, guys. So there's more things that we got to do. And I got to really look at this because I think there's an ad that I have to read at a certain point, which I should have had this open. Okay. Now on to more ads. MeUndies, guys. This episode is brought to you by MeUndies. If you've been settling for store bar underwear five packs, I mean, who even buys those anymore? I have something better (laughs) that will change your life. MeUndies. What is MeUndies? Just seriously soft, feel-good underwear that gets delivered right to your door designed in LA and made from sustainably sourced micromodal, a fabric that's three times softer than cotton. Me undies is softer than soft. 
Good. I like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Their Luxe undies come in ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns that you can tailor to your own personal style. And guess what? What? You can save up to 33% uh, each month with a monthly subscription. Uh, Uh, Don't read that next I won't read that part. That's really fun, though, because you can get, like, underwear in the the mail on the regular. Just use our special URL. I gotta do that. It's uh, meundies.com slash GWF, and you get 20% off your first pair so go ahead revamp your underwear drawer you deserve it once again that's meundies.com slash gwf and we both own these and these are just, yeah they're just fun underwear well you know what that's so funny we're talking about mm. underwear because i went to leave to come to your apartment and uh i didn't have any because there's all dirty because i'm real busy i gotta send my laundry away but sending underwear away freaks me out and then i'm just wearing what do you think people are doing in it jizzing in it yeah, maybe sniffing it oh my god see this is what yeah, society who, does to me but who cares if they sniffed it they're gonna sniff it they're gonna they're gonna get a, what they need then they're gonna wash it for you it's very true i don't care you, people can sniff their my underwear all they want yeah i guess just wash it after that's all i god, ask society makes me such a scared bitch okay uh and also i'm but, currently wearing very torn lacy underwear that i used in one of my three ways that like it, it was like it was up in an attic for eight years and it rotted it's very uncomfortable and itchy. Anyway, you know the app, you know about Lyft, right? It's the app that gets you a ride in minutes on demand 24-7 for less than the cost of a cab. Uh, fun fact, Lyft is the only car service that I use uh, other than uh, walking or driving in my own car. But Lyft is amazing. If you've tried Lyft, you know what I mean. With Lyft, you just download the app, request a driver, and they show up in three and a half minutes on average, which is real fucking fast. Every Lyft driver is fully vetted through their 10-point safety standard, including criminal and uh, DMV background checks, so you know you'll get around quickly and safely. Lyft drivers are rated after every ride, so only the best stick around. You don't have to worry about getting into a filthy car with some creepy fucking dude. Because he got Lyft. Um, you could tip on the app, which obviously leads to happier drivers. Nine out of 10 Lyft, uh, Lyft rides get a perfect five-star rating from the passenger. It's just an all-around better experience. So right now, Lyft is offering Guys We Fucked listeners a special deal. You could get three free rides up to $10 each. It's a $30 value. When you enter the promo code GWFD in the payment section. Section. <laughs> so just download the free Lyft app today. Enter the code GWFD in the payment section, and you'll start out with three free rides up to 10 bucks each. That's promo code GWFD. Lyft. Drive somewhere or get driven. That's yeah, I was I like, meant. don't drive. All the right. subject line of this email is, am I crazy or is my birth control making me crazy? It's in all caps. Hey, ladies, I love your podcast, and I've been listening for about six months. My friends and I are obsessed. You guys rock. Now, I know Christina used to have problems with her birth control making her, quote, crazy, but I don't think she ever talked about what she means by crazy. <laughs> oh, girl. I'm 22 years old, and I've just been, I've just recently started taking birth control again, and I think I might, it might be making me go crazy. Just since I have been taking it, I have been very paranoid thinking the guy I've been seeing slash dating has been hanging out with his ex, not interested in me anymore, or only using me for sex. All thoughts I've been having for absolutely no reason. He has not changed his behavior in any way. I don't know where these thoughts are coming from. We have been seeing each other for a little over a month. He's met my family and I've met his. We both have met each other's friends and are constantly texting, hanging out. So I don't know why I would start randomly thinking these things. The only explanation I could think of is that I am crazy or that the birth control is just making me crazy. I know you guys aren't doctors, LOL, but I figured maybe (laughs) we are certainly not my friend. I figured maybe you could shed some light. I don't even know if it would be possible for the birth control to be making me like this. Was Christina's problem similar? Thank you. Love you guys. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, girl. I 
guess I never told this story on the podcast. I don't know. She's only been listening for six months. But uh, do you remember Simon? Uh, yeah, the bartender. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to do the podcast. So that's good. I won't say his last name. Uh, I One of my peak insanity moments when birth control was I went on a date with Simon and we went to like a bowling alley or something. And I, I, had, I had just gone off on the pill again because I was like, eh, I'm fucking people. I'm mm-hmm. going to not get pregnant. And I, I had a couple drinks, but that's, that never makes me go nuts. I, I drink frequently, but not, all, you know, in heavy amounts. So I don't go crazy from that. And I remember, oh God, I was going like a little crazy that day and I felt it, but I was just like yelling at people, but it had nothing to do with my period. Cause I get PMS pretty bad. It was not even near that time. And then for whatever reason, Simon's friend met up with us at the bowling alley and I got mad that he wasn't paying attention to me. And I was like, why do you, you don't even want me here. You, and I don't, I don't fucking do that. I don't do that. And, uh, and then I yelled at Simon in the bowling alley and I started scream crying and I just left. Cause he was like, uh, I'm like, wait, you're not even going to say anything. And I left. And then on the way home, I texted him. I said, I hope when you go to get in a cab on the way home, you get hit by a truck and you die. And I went, I came home and threw my phone against the wall. I do, and I that's not something no, are I you do. sure this is the birth control <laughs> yes it was for no it and this is this is why this is why it made me even more crazy because I was like it can't be the birth control doing this to me. what because it wasn't near my period it wasn't a time where I would get PMS because I do get PMS I don't go that fucking crazy when I get it though right there was no reason for me to be upset with him he truly did nothing I've been with men who are wonderful gentlemen I've been with men who have pieces of shit I can recognize he did not do anything wrong and I remember um my, room- my roommate woke up because I threw my phone against her bedroom wall and she was like are you okay and I just started freaking the fuck out saying I hope Simon dies it- I went insane I was going insane and uh I hadn't been drugged I had there's I, I went through every option and it makes you feel even crazier because you're like, how can a pill make me do this? And you just doubt, you doubt if it's making you crazy. Well, or I mean, not. it's a drug. Yeah, absolutely. So you were on a drug, but just not like a, right. But when I got it prescribed and I told my GYN like, Oh, you know, I, I went on this a long time ago and it made me a little nuts. And this was back in high school. And the GYN gave me that look that a dog made, you know, when a dog tilted. Yeah. You said that you said this on the podcast. Yeah. She looked at you like, yeah. you're crazy. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well maybe uh, they've made innovations. No, they didn't. And then when I went <laughs> off, uh, and went off of it, and I went in the bar next where he worked, and I like came in with like uh, the next day, and I was like, I'm sorry, I said I wanted you to die, and he was like, it's okay, but are you okay? I thought he would have like, and then you walked in, and then he hid under the bar. <laughs> <laughs> he should have, but he didn't. He's Irish. He's strong. Um, but yeah, I and I've had many moments a- after that when I went on it again. And the only, and then I've talked to my mom and she went psychotic on it. And it literally feels like you're going into psychosis. It's horrifying. Mm-hmm. You feel trapped in your own body. It sucks. And that sounds like something I would absolutely have done a birth control. So, so then why did you go back on it? Because uh, Stephen was super paranoid about pregnancy and, uh, and we still used condoms, but I, I would have been debating going back on this new kind that I heard about low, low estrogen FE. Right. And that didn't make me go nuts, but mm-hmm. it killed my sex drive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm not fucking anyway. What the fuck? Yeah. But I do, I do a bit now about birth control. I do this bit about, I, I go in the audience, like anybody else a psycho cunt on birth control? No. And at first no one says anything. And then like wait a beat. And all these women are like, yep, me. I, and more people get like this than I thought. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it's something I've heard before for sure. So that it seems like that's a birth control girl. 
<clears throat> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, my, then my acupuncturist also told me, like, if you go off birth control, there's a chance that you could be attracted to a, a, a completely different yep. type of person, Which because it can it kind of controls like whatever that is in you that attracts you to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was interesting and spooky. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Getting stuff off your chest is incredible. It's so therapeutic. We all carry around different stressors. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. A lot of them are very big. Uh, but we keep them bottled up and it could start affecting us negatively. And then we act like a jerk to the people we love. And we're like, this is not how I want to be. Therapy has saved my life personally. There are so many benefits of it. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Although if you have experienced major trauma, highly recommend. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you could switch at any time. Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters. And you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily... I found Quince, and now you have too, because you're listening to this. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories, they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids – Their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather hand-woven crossbody purse in green, emerald, and I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, Guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash GWF for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash GWF to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash GWF. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Very spooky. Um, All right. So this next email is called, uh, but I want to fuck musicians. And with the amount of S's you put on that, I say go for it. Um, (laughs) Hi, Corinne and Christina. Absolutely fucking love you ladies. I look forward to every Friday so I can hear you too. Quick question. I am a female musician with a full band. I love music and 
Incidentally, musicians, I am attracted to males and females. I've heard y'all say never date musicians many times on the show, but I haven't heard any reasons why. We didn't know we had to give any. Uh, Maybe I missed it, but could you elaborate for me what's wrong with musicians? Do you feel this way about female and male musicians or just males? If so, why? How are comedians, actors different from musicians? They're not. Don't date them either. Uh, I've only dated one musician and the experience was fine. No different from the non-musician people I've dated. Thoughts? Well, obviously, this is our personal experience. So we're only go. I have never. It has never gone well. When I've dated a musician, most they're either t- they're like two kinds of musicians. The one that'll like sit in the high school cafeteria with his acoustic guitar and play mm-hmm. an Edwin McCain song, and then everyone's like, oh, "That's like my favorite song." Right. And he's like, "Oh, really? I didn't know that." But he fucking did because he fucking stalked you on Facebook and he's trying to manipulate you to get in your pants. Sure. Or the kind that are just uh, you, Desi on girls. Oh god. Like a little lighter than that. But yeah. it's like one of two very emotional. And I've dated drug and alcohol slash fucked abuse a lot of musicians mm-hmm. a lot. Um, so I mean, basically, this is different because you, the person writing us, is, is a, a musician. musician. That so you get it. That doesn't you're dating count. A comic. Yeah. So w- w- most people who listen to this podcast, we are assuming, are not comedians or or musicians uh, or actors. Actors are kind of like their own thing. Actors, They're intense too. I yeah. know that. I actors, know that group. All those people should date each other. Is our point <laughs> because we're talking about like inbred you misery. Regular <laughs> regular folks don't date a musician because why? Musicians and comedians are very similar. You are right. Both intolerable, narcissistic, have a a lifestyle where they're on the road a lot. So it's just like uh, people are fawning uh, all over you. There's temptation after temptation. Uh, It's stressful. They're going to be up late. They're definitely going to have some kind of substance abuse problem. And if they're not, they're probably a shitty, boring musician or a comedian. (laughs) Like just a lot. Their songs are all about happy things. Who wants to hear that shit, you know? Yeah. Like who's fucking the guy who wrote Don't Worry, Be Happy? We don't know. I don't know if he's even here anymore. (laughs) He's probably dead. Um. But yeah, so that's what we're talking about. You are a musician, so sure, you can date mus- other musicians uh, and not, I would, please don't, don't date people in your band like that. I oh, see. that happened as well. It's going to happen, but like, I'm just saying like, it's, it's, not, gonna go it's well. not gonna end well. And you know this, and I don't have to tell you. Uh, and uh, we're mostly talking about male musicians. So I don't really I've know what date- a female musician is is like. I to mean, To date, yeah. I, I know female musicians, but I don't know what they are in the context of I want to sleep with you or date you. So I, I can't speak to that at all. I can only speak to the tens and tens and tens and twenties of musicians that I have uh, been swooned by. It's a very logical thought process though. So if you're, if you are a person who is not in the business and your choice is to date someone who is in the entertainment business, especially one of those specific uh, parts of it, those people said, I'm so great that my career is going to be me on stage performing and people are going to pay money. Hell yeah. That's not going to be a good 50-50 relationship partner. <laughs> Logic, guys. Logic. It's not going to be a lot of a quality conversation. If you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's it. Date someone who also loves themselves as much as you love yourself. And I think uh, I think it'll be good to go. All right, guys. Well, finally, we've gotten here to the introduction of our big uh, guest for today's show. You might have seen her as the character Tiffany on HBO's Insecure. She's a host on uh, True TV. She's a comedian, right? producer please welcome the very lovely and wonderful amanda seals love is patient it's gentle it's kind it smiles as you you've been on my mind see my phone just died i hit the payphone 
just so I can talk to you It's just laundry money, I'll spend it all when I think about you That happens when I think about you That happens often, it feel like falling But now I'm all in, we're parting all this I think you're gorgeous, I mean regardless Wait, I'm kinda stalling now Hope you remember all those things we used to talk about I said we talk it out I know you trying to find your own And I ain't trying to die alone I know you probably busy But just miss me with that dial tone Hello? Yes, I really was not prepared for that hour loss. Nope, me neither. And uh, I was in Connecticut doing stand-up with Roy Wood Jr. Oh, cool. And Mohegan Sun. And it was a blast. And then we were like, we're out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The second you get off stage, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, we're good. We're fuck done. this shit. I gotta go. And I fell asleep and woke up and it was 3.30 a.m. And I was like, what happened? Oh, that yeah. happened. No, yeah. we're stolen. So here yeah. we are. <laughs> How so you doing? Surviving. I'm good. Sex stuff. Sex, I mean, there's, sex. I was just telling my homegirl, I was like, I don't even, <sighs> I don't even foresee, <laughs> I, like I, I don't even feeling. foresee any sex stuff happening any, on the horizon. Well, how long has it been since the last sex stuff? <laughs> this is going to this is gonna be our greatest interview. It's going to be our most mature <laughs> questions ever. October. October and before that, April. I thought you were going to give us an, a specific day in October, October and I was like, "Wow, this has been haunting you." Three p.m. Yeah, it's actually it might, as, it might be that specific. Now, is this your choice or is this just the universe's choice, or, or a little bit of both? It's the. I mean, I guess it's a little bit of both. In that, like, I just can't. Like at one point in time, I, you know, it, it's like if you knew the names of all the Cosby kids, you had a shot. Like it yeah. was that basic, you know, but. <laughs> Now it's like, I just, if you say, if you say some dumb shit, like I can't, okay. no, no tolerance for you, that. I can't yeah. because then I feel Nor like, you. I feel you. like your dick is coated with the dumb shit. And it's almost <laughs> like when it inserts into me, you have injected me with your single digit IQ and I just can't afford to have that happen. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. got shit to do. So yeah. So there's that, but then also in LA, oh, I mean, dude, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a dick desert. Yeah. Cause you're kind <laughs> LA's a dick desert. It is. You know, there's a lot of pussy. Very few dick. You're right. I did make that observation and I've only visited there for days. Like at a dick time. at all or like acceptable Just dick? Acceptable dick, which to me is the only dick that matters. Right, of course. Intelligent dick. But you're coming None in of that. You're very smart. You went to an Ivy League school, so it's like I feel like to it's, find do you have to find someone equaling your level I, of intelligence? Or? When I say intelligent dick, I don't even necessarily mean like intellectual. I just mm-hmm. mean like, can you read this situation properly? Oh, I thought you were like, can you read a book? Yeah. Like at <laughs> can this you point, read? <laughs> can you right? Which is, do you read more than magazines? Like, uh-huh, I mean, yeah. that is, that would be nice. But like, can you even read the situation properly? Like, Does can you read you that? It? Like, I don't want to be with you and you don't want to be with me <laughs> and that's fine. So we right. should be able to just like do this in a respectful manner and consistently. Yeah. Um, 
and and not be able to and not be inconsiderate. Like, can we do that? No. Mm -hmm. So, oh, we can't even do that. What are some of your like, what's like the dumbest thing a guy's ever said to you? Oh, girl, we don't have time. A lot of Um, bits about. (laughs) So I've had some gems. Yeah. Um, Well, one one I just distinctly remember being on a date and the guy was like, yeah, Stevie Wonder is overrated. And I was like, I got to go. I can't. (laughs) I've never heard and anyone say that before. Was, was that a white guy? No. Really? I've never dated a white guy. Oh, interesting. But just you don't you're not into it or Um, well one I've never even been like really hit on by a white guy. Really? Really? Yeah. I mean, I have a bit where I <laughs> talk about the, our heads I know like, like, a, <laughs> like a dog that's very curious. I mean, I have a bit where like I talk about the fact that like when white guys hit on me if they have, it's like, I don't realize it till later. Oh, okay. You know, because like mm. the method is different. Yeah, Like a true. white guy, like they, a black guy hits on you and is like, what's up? Yeah. yeah. And you know what that what's up means. Yeah. White guy is like, can I offer you some tea? And you're like, <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. till later tea that mentic. you defined, yeah, like that hot <laughs> beverage was penis. <laughs> So, and then later when you're like, no, and they're like, bitch. Exactly. Like I was so kind and you know, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So I've never had. I that mean, is accurate. <laughs> the closest. I, I mean, I made out with an Israeli in Germany. Good for you. Wow. A blonde, Fun. an Aryan Israeli. Ooh. That's blonde, so many eyed. layers. Yes, I love it. A lot, in Berlin. So you see there's a lot <laughs> of layers there. Damn. So that was the closest I've been. But no, I mean, I had another guy. We were literally on a date and like in passing, he said, um, yeah, you know, gay people are really ruining our children. No! <laughs> like, in, pa- oh. in passing. I like that he just said it as an aside. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, whatever. Because we it. walked Everyone by. Mandy, you we, look really good. God, these fucking gays are really yeah, ruining our children. That's literally like how it was framed. No. Because we, we had walked by like someone who was like, do you have time for gay rights? And he was like, oh, these gays are ruining our children. No. And we were walking through a turn. We were so walking through like a revolving door. Oh, shit. And I literally just kept going. <laughs> Like he went inside. I just kept going and came right back outside and got on the train. I got home. Didn't even. I got home and like 30 minutes later, he texted me and said, oh, you just going to (laughs) leave? Exactly. You're quick. Yeah. Those moments when a guy reveals himself. It's just a subtle thing or something like that. Just like an aside. But it's like, man, I hate queers. You're like, wait, what? what? I mean, the last guy, like I fell in love with someone last summer and then we were in a strip club and he said, you know, my goal is to one day have a house with no mirrors. What the? And fuck? I was like, I'm out. Like, <laughs> so what, it gets ruined. What kind for of you? poetic <laughs> shit does that mean? Well, here's the thing. It's like there's always like there's always indicators mm-hmm. that you've overlooked. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, I want to. You could take it as a this either means he's fucking nuts or maybe it's an idiosyncrasy. Exactly. Like I went on a date with the finest man I've ever been out with ever in my life recently, and on the date he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm just like." I'm about to just go up in these agencies and just get a meeting with an agent so I can get representation. And I was like, yeah, that's like, that's not how it (laughs) works, you know? And like, you're 35 and like, you're not a young man. Like you've been Mm -hmm. in this business, you know? And he also, at one point in the, in the date said, I do music. Oh no. Like said that out loud. It wasn't like, yeah. Okay. I do music. Do 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 you now? Do you do music? Do you do music? Do, <laughs> do you do, 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 which, do, do, do Which music do you do? <laughs> it's probably just do do. So like stuff like hmm, that. Okay. I've reached a point though where 
I've seen so much from the loser side of things that like it really does take just one sentence for me to know, like, even if it makes me not want to just recoil and leave, Mm -hmm. it lets me know like, well, this is never going to be like even with my ex-boyfriend that we were together for like two years. Once he said to me, can you teach me how to DJ so we can do parties together? It took three months to break up. But that was when I knew like, yeah, yeah, there's nothing left here. I think every woman, especially like on a first date, you know, if it's going to if you're in like for me, it's like the first minute. I know whether this should continue or not. Well, that's how I ended up falling in love with someone because they were, they duped me essentially. Uh, You know what I mean? Because then all of a sudden it was like weird, 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 strange. (laughs) Like what? I can handle strange. Well, I can handle weird, but like when you tell me you want a house with no mirrors, that's just strange. And there's titties right there. So why are you even in this frame of mind in a strip club? Like, Mm. so when you say things like, I just want to have a uniform of really expensive black shirts (laughs) <laughs> what that's, okay. it's just you know, that's like doable dude i just okay. i don't i hear stuff like that though and because i've been around so many different types of guys i can tell immediately when it's like oh you're clearly drowning in a puddle of your depthness you yeah. know like it sounds like that those sound, sentences sound like examples of someone who's trying to be interesting or like, like they write a book on like how to be artistic and interesting like they're trying to be the male version of Zoe de Chanel but it's not working it's not it's hard for them to be cute and like, I feel like they're quirky. trying to be like the male version of like me oh because I'm like actually deep right because I do work that has depth oh, not right because so I have to say like so they're like I'm gonna say smart smart intelligent words I mean I dated a rapper whose name I won't say, Lupe. And <laughs> he at one point was like, I just feel like I have to compete with your intellect. And so... But that's, I mean, I would think that's like a challenge, like keep me on my toes and challenge me to be a better man. And you would think. No. Yeah, because when you, especially when you do meet like really intelligent men that fucking get it, it's like, not only is it like, okay, great, that's what I want, but it's like, oh my God, you rare gem. Yes. Like, and then you prop them up and then yeah. they hang you from the pedestal you put them on. <laughs> this got dark. Hey. <laughs> but wait, I, so how, how do you, but how, what is it like, or how do you start dating a rapper? Cause this is like a dream that I think a lot of people have and then shatter it for us. So no one makes that mistake. <laughs> well, one thing I will tell you, and this will be my third book. Uh, your favorite rapper is a lame. <laughs> Was he your favorite rapper? No, but everyone thinks that their favorite rapper is their hero. Right, right. sure. Your favorite rapper is a lame. Mm-hmm. Unless your favorite rapper is Bun B. <laughs> Damn. Your favorite yeah. rapper is a lame. Well, you you know, the, the saying it that you never should meet your heroes. Like, I... You shouldn't. I hope to never. I mean, because like, I know Kendrick Victoria Beckham is, is never going to live oh, up Kendrick is cool. To he's what? Like, he's Kendrick fucking smart. <laughs> Kendrick and J. Cole are both, yeah. like, nice I love guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. They're, like, nice guys. Yeah. You know? They're strange because they're... Rappers. They're smart though too. But like they're, they're really yeah. fucking. They get it. I don't know. It's like a. It's a different level than like a fucking yin yang. To, like you, you compare those two. So, rap, well, let me like, tell you this. Whoa. Though. So the yin yang twins. <laughs> oh yes, yin yang twins. One story. of them is, you know, I think he has like maybe a learning disability. But the other one, okay. I was interviewing them. So how you end up dating rappers is I was. A VJ on MTV. Mm-hmm. And then I was writing for XXL and I was writing for The Source. Yeah. So you were in that and scene. So I was in the mix, you mm-hmm. know, and then I was doing music myself. So mm-hmm. I'm like on Q-Tip's last album and I was nice. like touring with The wow, Roots. That's and fucking awesome. I was touring with Lupe when we were homies and I was touring with Cool Kids. So with the Cool Kids. So like I was, oh, I, I mean, I was very part of the world. Yeah. And um, 
And the Ying Yang Twins were on my show when I had a show on Sirius Satellite Radio. They were on my show. And I was honestly being a dick. And I was like, oh, really? let me just ask them some shit that they're not going to answer. Because I was so annoyed by the coonery How do you of them. shake it like a salt shaker? <laughs> I was like, so what do you feel about the presidency? And this was when uh, George Bush was president. And oh. I really thought that they were going to be like, huh? And just like <laughs> wash over it. And so one of them did. Like he just kept going, huh? And then the other one was like, I didn't know they made that sound in real life. Yes, they do. Okay. I've seen live once. And the other guy, Kane, he was like, you can see him like trying to decide, is he going to just give away the secret? And he muted his partner's mic. So he couldn't, huh? Into the mic anymore. And then he was like, look at me. And he was like, you know what? I really do have a problem with the fact that we are actually like devoting funds, you know, to this business of going to Mars when we can't even get our schools properly educated. And I'm like, wait, what? What? And Aww. like, he had like a whole, whole plan, like a whole plan. And I mean, he had a very distinct point of view yeah. about the presidency and about fiscal policy and all this shit. And wow. after, and I was like, what the what hell? The fuck and he was like, twins. don't tell nobody. So he wanted to keep up that image. Of yeah. Like, eh. Because I mean, it's same like Lil John, like that yeah. that Dave Chappelle sketch with Lil John. Oh my is god, accurate, so huh. funny. That is exactly that's how John so is. Funny. It's a character. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. why I had well, to get like out rest, of music, like WCW and stuff, and wrestling and stuff. It's all, it's all, it's uh, yeah. It, but it's that's why I love music because I mm. knew that in order for me to get to the success that I would have considered to be like the success I wanted, yeah, I'd have to give up who I was. Because yeah, you're not a that's character. That's what I say. Why? Why is it so sellable and so uh, like? Why do people like to hide their intelligence? Like in it's that scene in music a lot. People don't want to hear, especially from rappers. I will say they're like, I don't want to hear you talk about anything smart. What about intelligence ruins the persona of a rapper in your opinion? I mean, I think that there's also just like a very hardline machismo that is attached to rap. And like, right. it's really about like dominance. And, you know, for, for, for a lot of people, it's more about brute force than mm-hmm. actually intellectual force. And that's, you know, that's a whole thing that has to do with even, patriarchy and specifically the black community and just this idea of like for a lot of time intelligence and knowledge was literally like kept from us like actively like as a as an act of political Mm -hmm. defiance we had to learn how to read right Mm -hmm. so I think for some people like it's just not even in their purview as like an empowerment tool and so that's a lot of the work that I do in my work is like trying to really like like being smart and knowing shit is just as powerful as being able to punch somebody in the fucking face. Yeah. You know, but for a lot of time, we were only like valued for our physical strength. I mean, that's literally what we were yeah. based on in slavery. Like no one was buying a slave for their intellect. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like it was. Very, yeah, it very was true. So there's a cultural thing that comes down from that that ends up in that ends up on some like you're almost inheriting the faults. You're inheriting the, 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 the shit from your captors and taking it in as culture. And so I feel like that's a constant thing. And then, you know, for what it's worth, like in the hood, survival is more based on how much dominance you can have in muscle than an in intellect for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you will see that like at the end of the day, it's the smartest ones who end up making it out or who end up making the most money. Mm-hmm. But on the surface, it's like who can increase the most level of fear. Yeah. That's a person that will survive, you know? And so, mm-hmm. I, so being that hip hop came out of that, it doesn't surprise me that that's a, a thing. Mm-hmm. But for me being in hip hop, like I knew there was an expiration date <clears> because like, 
I'm a woman and I'm smart. Like these two things aren't valued in this space, yeah. which is a, a lot of my frustration with with hip hop, you know, whereas in comedy, it's not to say that being a woman and smart is like really valued in comedy, but you can. <laughs> but more so. But I, I definitely will say that, like, you, I feel like you have more of a meritocracy. Yeah. In that place. You well, know? you get and, feedback and on your intelligence. Like humor is intelligence, too. And like you Absolutely. can people can approach humor from so many different aspects. And an intelligent uh, point of view is one of them. So that yes. works for you. That's perfect. How what did leaving it? Was it like, did you leave with a bang? Were you like, I'm out? Why you changed my name. I was like, uh, I was you were Amanda, Amanda Diva, Diva, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, when I turned 30, Nick Cannon had come on a show. I'd known Nick for a while, but he came on a show that I was doing at uh, AOL. And he was like, you need to get back into TV. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, you should write a one woman show. And I was like, no, Nick, I need a TV show. That's what I need. You know? And then a year later I wrote a one woman show. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. You was right, Nick. I was yeah. Like... I definitely had to like swallow that. <laughs> and I ended up writing one woman show every year for four years. Oh, wow. Oh, so Leguizamo of you. I love it. Yeah. Well, I realized that like the world or the little bit of the world that even knew I existed only knew me for reading a prompter. And it was right. like, well, oh, have, yeah, that's a good point. You have more to give than that. You have a lot to say, too. So it's like a one woman show is such a great format. What were the four shows about? The like, first one was Death of the Diva. Mm -hmm. And that was about how reality TV had changed, like the image of women in television. Mm -hmm. And at that time, like what sparked it was I couldn't get work like at all for like two years. And every time because you just were thought of as a VJ or. Well, it was when reality TV had really like boomed. Oh, and so Real Housewives of Real Housewives, OC, bas yeah. and those shows and those cheap to me. I, yes. You know, every time I'm in a waiting room and one of those shows comes on and it's just women screaming at each other, yeah. I get, I feel gross. Yes, I feel fucking disgusting because it's like some producer egged them on yep. to fucking fight and then got them pissed and filmed it and we're like, wow, these women are crazy, and and we buy into it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, that's what I was kept being told. Like, well, if you're not willing to do that, we yeah. don't really have anything like to do for you right now. And like, we weren't like people weren't hiring hosts because yeah. like the content didn't even allow itself for that. Yeah. So like, I just couldn't get work. And I was like, well, I guess I better write Take this. It in your own hands. Yeah. Like, so I wrote Death of the Diva. It's like, it's a musical and I do a, bu a bunch of different characters. <laughs> that's awesome. I love a musical. <laughs> I love musicals. I love musicals. Yeah. So, we're big fans of musicals. Like, guys, we fucked. I bet you, And guys, we fucked. <laughs> Beautiful. A little Ethel Merman. Wow. I love it. That was great. Nice. <laughs> so I don't even know why Ethel Merman was like on the tip of my tongue. Like, that was she, where I went. She's a very strong woman. I feel like she would have been great for guys who fucked the musical. <laughs> right. I would say Patty LaPone. Yeah, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> so then um, the next one was, and this is what got me into stand-up, is uh, I wrote a uh, one-woman show called It's Complicated, Hilarical Answers to Serious Questions on Love. And so when we did the first show, we did it at a theater and we raised money to do it through Indiegogo. But then I felt like theater is still like this thing that people feel like they don't have, everyone doesn't feel they have access to. Yeah, like mm -hmm. some people feel like, oh, that's for like swanky people or that's for, right. you know, it's, the it's theater. yeah, it's still in an ivory tower, yeah. you know, whereas comedy, everyone feels like they have access to comedy. <laughs> yeah. Too much, perhaps. Too, too many much. people. Feet yeah. on the stage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just put your plate of french fries right, right. by oh my, my speaker. God. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. So I was like, you know what? Let me try and do this in a comedy club. And then randomly, like the stand reached out to me about coming to a show. And I was like, well, it's funny that you are asking me to come to the show because I actually want to do a show at your venue. And so I ended up working with them for a while. Mm. And then um, we'll talk about that, that later. There. <laughs> and then uh, so I did that show there and it was actually like a really 
like strong success. And I did it for New York Comedy Festival, New York Comedy Week, nice. where I put questions in the audience and then I'll be like, who has question number one? And they'll ask the question. And then I respond with either a bit, a character or like an interactive audience. Oh, that's really cool. cool. Yeah. So it's been really fun to do. We just did it in LA for the first time for Valentine's Day. I do it every Valentine's Day because I never have Valentine's Day plans. <laughs> so I always make sure I have Valentine's Day plans yeah. and I do my show. And uh, the third one was Mo Better Wu, where I took Wu-Tang records and I took the, I turned them into jazz Ooh. Um, with this jazz virtuoso, Chris Bowers. And I do it in the in the, in a character that's a 61-year-old woman named Kalandra B., and the, this is amazing. Yeah. Yes. I was like, wow, God, damn it. <laughs> it takes place in the community center of the Stapleton projects, which is where the Wu-Tang clan is from on Staten Island. So we're actually in talks about like taking that to Broadway. So that's like, damn. something that um, that's to me, that's like the greatest thing I've ever created. So I'm like really that's excited. That's fucking to, cool. And now I know when a guy was like, I just want to live in a house with no mirrors that resonates as like, fuck, I'm out. Bye. See ya. Get out of like, here. You don't have time for that shit. You're doing time. too much better shit. And uh, yeah. the last one was Side Eye Seminar, which is identifying everyday forms of sexism. Yeah, we wanted to talk more about that because there's it's a, a lot about rape culture, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, what it is, is a lot of people don't know, like, basic ways that sexism has permeated society. Like, they just think of sexism as, like, you can't do this job because you're a woman. And that's where they that's think... Not, that, that's, that's not... That doesn't get said in, in in that way. No. It gets showed to us and told to us in little it's ways. It's demonstrated in many different ways. And so when I did the catcalling um, appearance on CNN and it went viral, Francesca Ramsey had texted me and was like, you need to do a lecture that's related to this and people need to hear more, you know, from you about this. And so I created the side eye seminar. And so it's been really great to like go to schools and be able to speak to like very diverse audiences. And when I say diverse, I don't just mean race. I mean, gender as well, because the guys are who really need to hear this shit, but they have to be able to receive it in a palatable way. And it's so hard to get across this real shit to them in a way that's receptive to them because it's so they angry. get turned off from yes. the conversation they very quickly. They get turned quickly. off. I get really fucking angry. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, oh, man. We are, yep. You know what I mean? Same. So it's like, how do I get this to you? And so comedy has been just like this great vehicle that I've been driving now to really get things to people in different ways. And with Side Eye Seminar, like one of the best compliments I can get is when I'm done and like these guys come up to me and say like, thank you. Yeah. Like, I get it. That's I never got it before. I get it now, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And I think I'm also like, for a strong 40% dude. So, uh-huh. you know, I can, I can tap into like almost like a language base and a vernacular that is almost dude bro without, without being condescending. Exactly. Yeah, Cause that's really important because the second you're condescending and that's like a lot of those the conversations about that shit usually are. So it's like, well, they're not going to fucking listen no. if you talk down to somebody like, okay, or if you, you attack. Can, exactly. Like, yeah, you might think what they're saying is fucking stupid and it makes you angry. But you have to comedy, man, if you make a smart joke about something, yeah. you a fact will resonate into the your the crevices of your brain so much harder. Well, I it's think people crazy. forget that you we have to sell feminism. Like the branding on feminism, yeah. I think, is shitty. And it's like as much as I don't want to take time to like sell it to people, like that's how it's going to catch on. Yeah. Like we can't just be like, do it. Well, there's <laughs> yeah. like other there's like so many different forms too. Like I've had yeah. feminists like attack me. Oh yeah, that's every day. You know, because I'm, because I was like, you know, when when because uh, you're not doing feminism right, Amanda. I'm not. I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, isn't 
this is your whole whatever you know like <laughs> you yeah. it, I mean when I said that Kim Kardashian's paper magazine cover was not feminism I had a slew of feminists like attack me because they were like you're policing women's bodies et cetera, et cetera. And but all I'm you just, said was it wasn't feminism that be, doesn't mean it wasn't hot that doesn't mean she had a nice butt it just wasn't feminism it just wasn't and stop naming things because it's convenient for you to name it that she's yeah. doing that for the male gaze mm-hmm. that's what that's for and even if you say to yourself, well, she's a woman and she can do whatever she wants. It's like, OK, well, in that respect, you're not I saying, can do whatever I want by yeah, saying she exactly. Is- <laughs> and you're not saying it's the it's horrible and like shame no. on her at all. But they're taking it like they say it. And that's what they hear. When she did that cover, did she come out and say, I'm doing this for feminists? So that doesn't, I doubt that, that doesn't seem like I, a Kim feel like, thing. I feel like Kim would be like, fucking what? what? No. <laughs> she's doing it because she wants to do it. And that's fine. Yeah. Do whatever you want to do. But I'm also annoyed with the choices of, that you're making to do whatever you want to do. And I also like I don't subscribe to this idea that says, like, if I'm showing my body that that's not subscribing to the male gaze, like there is an actual correlation between like what you're doing and how it's affecting other things. And you can decide, Mm -hmm. like, I don't give a fuck, but you don't live in a vacuum either. So you have to acknowledge also that, like, there are things that are going to happen as repercussions to this. And you have to know that. And either you don't care or you do, but you can't act like it doesn't exist just because you decided it doesn't. Well, yeah, it's kind of like when you, when you want to go out for a night or like go to do, do go like last night when I walked in New York comedy club, I'm like, Oh, what do I want to wear? But every girl has that a little bit. Like yes. even in high school, it's just something so simple of like, do I want to wear this like low cut shirt? Cause I know it's going to happen. Or, and like, it's not victim blaming as much as no. it's just knowing your do surroundings. I wanna, do I want to put up with that or not? Well, yeah? this would you feel no. like there are instances where women can show their bodies in a sexual way where it's not uh, kind of catering to the male gaze? I think that definitely that's definitely possible. And I think that that happens on a regular basis. I mean, when I'm on stage, I wear leggings, you know what I mean? And you're going to be able to see my whole body, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm not doing this for the purpose of like the male yeah, gaze. You just want to. But there yeah. are times where women are specific. You are not on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. <gasps> You know, and that fucking, the fucking Victoria's Secret commercials. That's, you're advertising a product for us. I don't, but I don't want to see some fucking incredibly, unrealistically <laughs> un- attractive woman rolling around in a bra and underwear. That's not going to get me to buy that shit. But see, I do like that because I, I would, I, I, I know I'm smart enough to know I'm not going to look like that and that, but I'm like, yeah, yeah but, I get what you're doing. But I'm <laughs> just saying, don't say that it doesn't also do that. Like, I'm just right. saying, like, let's not act like... Well, yeah, of course, men like it. And men, that's going to make men, like, go out and be like, buy that for their girlfriends or wives or whoever. But there's this, like, thought process sometimes, I feel, where it's like there's a vacuum that gets existed in where we just feel like, I'm just taking control of my sexuality and that's all that matters. And it's like, there's that. It doesn't that. feel like that. Yeah. There's that. But, like, when I hear people being like, 12-year-olds need to take care of, control of their sexuality and I'm like... No, yeah, they're what tw- 12 year olds shouldn't have sexual. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like you're 12. Yeah, like, you're 12. Just live your life. Were you the one pointing out that Target ad? Uh, well, yeah, no, there was this, uh, oh yeah, I showed Christina this, there there was a Target ad just like showing like some new styles for like spring. For kids, 11, 12. For kids, yeah. And there's, and and there, they have like loose shorts on, like, you know, gym style shorts, like the old school basketball shorts. And then just because I wanted to ruin my day, I read the (laughs) Facebook comments and there's this whole argument going on about how the shorts are too short. I can't believe they made these styles, like just sexualizing these. It was the most charming 
charming 11. picture of just a bunch of people. Every race, was, it was every Having gender. a good time. They were just loving yeah. Target. Smiling. There were sequins. It was lovely. There was, no, no, number one, there was nothing wrong with the outfits to begin with. And then it was just a bunch of, mostly, I got to say, women just having a conversation about uh, how the shorts were too short, about how little girls are basically like sluts for like, wearing this stuff. And then, and then one lady stepped in and goes, I don't want trans people in my bathroom. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, what is that? And then someone actually replied, like, what does that have to even do with this? <laughs> and I We're was like, We're not talking about up. that, Deborah. I, trans people have been in your bathroom. Yeah, I know. And they're this not whole time. Yeah. Because what do you, what they have to, they have, they to, have to urinate yeah. and, and oh shit. Oh my God. And if someone comes in your bathroom to harm you, they're not trans. No, nope. they're a rapist. Yeah. Like, that's what that is. It's just right. Yeah. <laughs> so just, that's a whole other it's thing. It's just it's hard to. Uh, well, that's what, one of the things I loved about that fucking CNN piece was mm. I would have lost. I was telling Corinne, I'm like, if that were me and that fucking guy, I'm like, is he fake? Did someone give him a script and be you like, you wouldn't have Here's lost a villain it. Script. And I'm going to tell you why you wouldn't have lost it, because you didn't realize it was even coming. Like I honestly, you were you did look shocked. like wait no. I was not saying that. I thought I was waiting for the JK. Yeah, <laughs> so was I. That's why I was asking Corinne. Like, did they give him a script? Did I they hired. Him to do- I was coming to discuss catcalling, not to debate. Oh, like whether or not it's a, it's a good positive thing. I thought we were coming to just discuss because that shouldn't like, be a debate. We were going to discuss the prevalence of it around uh-huh. this video, okay, and just how it takes place, and w- you know the ways in which it can take place, and sure. you know women's different responses to it. That's what I thought we were coming to discuss. I didn't even research this guy, so it was honestly to my surprise when he had like very ardent. I'm going to get mad at women for not complimenting men. I'm like, get the fuck off if my If you don't want to be catcalled, get a gun. That okay. was an actual statement. Yeah. Wait, like, what was his background? Why'd they call him in? He has these books <laughs> oh, about men and how to like be the bad guy, the bad boy, like dating oh. a bad boy. It's like these like quote He was wearing a sweater. He was the gross. Oh, how God. bad could it be? No, not that bad. He's Very clean the haircut. worst. But it was interesting because I was genuinely like, I I didn't even know that this existed. Yeah. You know, like I didn't even know. And that's when I la- that was the last time I was on CNN because I was like, why <laughs> would we by your choice or did they not by ask? my choice? Yeah, I was going to say that I, that was a great. Oh, so because I was like, this is I mean, it but was you great for my it. career, I mean, but it was a I felt switch. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah. And, and that's happened a lot. Like, and yeah. this is this is not the kind of discourse this discourse doesn't help anybody yeah you know like it's gonna do is get people pissed off on facebook so if we're not going to be having like valuable discourse then this is just reality tv news Mm -hmm. like that's what it is and so you know i don't appreciate that i mean i flipped it into my own success you know but for what it's worth like in the bigger picture of things i don't think that helped moved I don't think that for the people that needed to have that conversation, needed to hear that, Mm -hmm. I I don't necessarily know if it moved the needle for them. You know, I think that what ended up happening was I was able to turn that into an opportunity for me to go to schools and talk to some young men who need to know about that. So that's good. That's good. But they wanted it to be more of a a spectacle spectacle. instead of a discussion. And that's to me like. Because TV. Just, I mean, in, 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 in all of my work, it's like, how do we do things that's that has have a discussion and not a spectacle. Like we just did season two of my web series and you know, it's like 
it's a show that's about me moving to LA as a, as a comic from New York, right. moving to LA and just trying to figure it out. And there's like all this crazy shit that happens just in the LA zeitgeist of things. Really? Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Cause just from visiting, I'm like, I mean, I don't know. even just having, like, I mean, I've had a casting director say to me, like, you're, you're excessively exotic. You know, what like things like that get fuck? said to you and you're just like, how is this even a thing? You know, like <sighs> the auditions that you get asked to go on. Like, I mean, I went on an audition and the the write up, the breakdown said you are a you dropped out of college because you realized you were intellectually above it and you're applying for this uh, personal assistant job and she's sassy, of course. And um, <laughs> has there ever been a role for a black woman that, that was not described as just sassy? Cut that word. Right. Just, just stop using it. She's Use another one. Sassy <laughs> and, um, and knows herself and is knowledgeable. Okay. Yes. So then I'm reading the sides and like, Casually in the sides, I mentioned that I was a heroin addict. <laughs> so sassy. Why? <laughs> so fucking sassy. I'm a single parent, uh-huh. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> God. Damn. And oh I've spent time in jail. Mm-hmm. Ooh, oh, that's a lot. That's a lot of. Ooh. Spent time in jail. Precious Junior. So sassy. <laughs> And then I had to like be on the phone and as if I was speaking to a customer service agent, I'm like, oh, do you want me to spell it? It's um, D is in detention. Oh. I don't like the way this is going. <laughs> P is in prison. N as in N word. That was written in that the script. That was the line? Yes. Oh, no. And I was like. This is for a TV show? I mean, who cares? But like, yeah. it's for a television show. I'll like tell a network? you it was for. But it was like here. a legit, like a. Oh, yes. Fuck that. Oh, yeah. Was it a comedy about how white people try to write scripts about black lives? That's what it became <laughs> oh. in my actual life. Because I was like, I don't know what we're trying to go for there. I mean, that was that seems very over the top. That seems... LA, <laughs> what are you doing? And I had to like, I was, I just had to like make a choice. Like, I'm going to come in here and play this exactly the opposite, you know? And what ended up happening was the casting director was like, thank you. Because oh, good. we've been trying to get across to production that this is racist. Oh, perfect. So, oh, thank okay, God. Okay, okay. But if I hadn't been the type of person I am, I I don't think anybody else went in there and said it was racist. Yeah, because they don't they want to lose. They want the part. Exactly. And it's, it's too cutthroat. And that's why you... I So many times I see uh, black people saying stuff on TV and I'm like, why'd you agree to say that? That's racist. Like, Why did you agree I feel to say uncomfortable. That? Yes. And it's because yeah. like you're just trying to get a, yeah. to get a leg in of and course. a foot in. And so like, you know, like trying to so like with the web series, I'm like trying to address stuff like that and like not and like show that like it's not a spectacle. Like this is everyday regular stuff, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, like how yeah. Zoe Saldana ends up in blackface. Like how how? How? And that seems like a spectacle, but that happens very easily by someone being like, you know what you should do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what? You could yeah. do that. And then you're like, I could do that. And that's how it happens. <laughs> and that's how it happens. You know? And so it's like I, in the series, we also like talk about like social media because people think that like you're at home, like plotting your tweets and shit. And it's like, I will send a tweet and then go about my business yeah. and come back. And my phone is in shambles, mm-hmm. really? you know? Oh my gosh. Like, like when about I, what? well, the Kim Kardashian thing was one, like I, for but three all days, you said was that wasn't a feminist cover three days. So does she have like a cult following the way like Beyonce does or these weren't, these weren't even oh, they, Kim Kardashian no, they followers. Were just just, yeah. 
Then I had. But feminists never stick up for Kim Kardashian because honestly, like we. Which is bullshit. We, we talk a lot about on this podcast about like, all right, we don't need to just destroy the whole Kardashian family. Like they're just doing their own thing, whatever. But then everyone always yells at us for defending the Kardashians. All we're saying is like, how do not feminists the devil. want us to feel about the Kardashians? I don't know. Let, please if, let us know. If they annoy you, totally fine. Don't watch them. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I'm not. I wasn't trying to be like she's adding a lot to society. I was just like, just stop. I don't know. I just think it's not great to all attack a woman for no reason. I don't know. I think the frustration <laughs> is that they actively find themselves in our faces with nothingness, and what that yeah. does to me, with that, why that frustrates me. And of course, there's more people at work here that are giving them the platform to do that. Right. So it's not just that, but what it also does for me though, is it lowers the standard like overall of like what even is expected or what even we should be strive, what we could strive for as women. Like, well, is it kind of like the yin yang twin thing where it's like, they're probably smarter than that, but they're putting on this character of like, I don't know, Courtney, you're such a bitch, but they like, they're doing that because that's what sells. But it sends this message. I don't know that Kim was smarter, but Chloe definitely but, is. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it just bad. sends this yeah. message that says like, you don't have to really be smart. Strive to be hot. Yeah. Like just strive to be hot. And, I, and I don't agree with and that. And my issue with that is that that is simply just diminishing our women to what objective, we're capable of objective pieces in the male gaze. That's yeah. my issue. Okay, well, that goes back to like like women like w- women who are people who will be who create stuff, whether it be podcasts, books, uh, TV, and I kind of like we've had discussions with networks before, like where they're asking us for something, and we're like, yeah, we can give you that, and and we're not saying women won't watch that, women will watch that. But oh, I remember I'm- I remember saying to someone like, I think you're underestimating women. I think that if we do a piece on Ruth Bader. Ginsburg that and make it fun and interesting that people won't turn the channel. It's not like women see like knowledge and they're like, ah, what's Gross. that? Uh, facts. I don't get what. Yeah. Oh. Like can we I can only nails. Yeah, it's like well, like we, you know, you, you we can't make up that. our own channels. We only have the channels that we have, and so it's like, yeah, will I watch that? Will that entertain me? Like I've certainly watched the Kardashians, but like if there was a better choice, like I might have watched. I might have watched it. Yes. Yeah. But so yeah. that was that was our argument, and I'm like, you know, the, everyone's not a creator. Got upset that we didn't shit on them, and I'm like, I don't. I mean, I, I shit don't. on them excessively. Um, but so, if you want to, you want to. But I like, just don't. can't stand the the lack of balance. Like that's what I get frustrated, and I just get I just get frustrated with the fact that they're just like they're constantly so positioned in this like space. Because then I speak to young women who look at them and like that there's like an idolatry. Oh, we, I've, there's women who yeah. issue to me. make it a point to look like that. Like, yeah. look like a Kardashian. We're watching it's it a little with, creepy. Yeah. We're watching it with a grain of salt. So I think that's different. And, yeah. and, and so we're kind of spoiled in that way. Like, I don't know. I just think of the Kardashian shows as like a reality version of Seinfeld. Like it's a show about nothing. Like we've already <laughs> talked about them more than I would like to. Right. We can move on right now. Insecure. There's television that it's good. Oh yeah. We both watched the whole, se- uh, the the whole fucking yeah. show. It was that, great. Hey, thanks, that show guys. is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, and then I saw that Solange was a fucking music consultant. And I was like, God damn it! <laughs> so, what so was your cool. experience? How did you get involved in that show when your agent sent you that script, or like what? What was the process with you? that? So, I originally went in for Tasha, the bank teller. <gasps> okay, oh. and I was in the dress. First of all, the the breakdown said hood hot, and I texted. Issa, I was, I was like, like, did Issa write that? Because I was so cool. like, did you know that the breakdown says hood hot? And she was like, hilarious. And I was like, all right, so she's cool with it. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I'm not hood hot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm-hmm. what's, ho- how, yeah, what? what's hood hot? Body. 
Um, oh, I, I was thinking like a huge booty. Okay. Body. Okay. So, you know, I'm proportional. I got <laughs> some things, but they're not like, what? You know, they're just, they're solid. They're yeah. solid. And I always say, like, I have ass on the low. You know, okay. you don't know I got it till you got it. Yeah, you let it out. And then it's like, a <laughs> the treat. Yes. Yeah. So I went in. I'm, I'm sitting in the in the waiting room. And I'm looking around. I'm like, I ain't going to book this. Uh, like, look at these chicks. It's hood hot. That's hood hot. Yeah. yeah. I, ain't, I ain't this. So I had a rapport with the casting director. Well, honestly, at this point. You know, I just keep it real with casting directors. Like, I'll be like, they probably appreciate that. They a lot, do. They don't and get a lot of listen. That. People will tell you, don't be, you know, don't be direct. LA doesn't like that. Fuck that. Bullshit. Listen, it's your life. So if you can do whatever you can to dictate it, do it. So I will be in there and be like, what do you want? Because I don't understand this character. Sometimes I have to say that, you know, because sometimes you'll get a breakdown that makes no sense. Of course. Yeah. And I, res- I, I remember going in for one role where the, the woman literally came out and was like, listen, guys, I got to cast this by the end of today. So I need you guys to figure it out. Now, this character. <laughs> Isn't that her job? <laughs> it, she's like this character. And she tells us what she wants us to do. So then I raise my hand. <laughs> I raise my hand. Everyone looks at me. And then she's like, yes. And I was like, you do realize that what you've just described is the exact antithesis of what's in the breakdown, correct? And there was this like hush mm-hmm. where like all the air left the room and she goes, absolutely. Okay. She was like, I, com- and that's why I'm going and insane. that's, yeah. And that's what she said. She was yeah. like, that's why I'm losing it. Cause the writers keep changing shit and I completely understand it. So at this point, just do whatever the fuck you want. Nice. That's a nice, yeah. And but if see, it that's works, good. it's good fucking thing. But if I had it, and so when she went in, the other would have been confused. The other actresses were like, thank you for They're saying you something. Pause break. Thank you. And I was like, you know, for 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 insecure, I went in and uh, I told the casting director, I was like, I can't play this. She was like, Man, you can play anything. And I was like, Thank you. But <laughs> well, that's sweet. I was like, Twenty five and hood hot. Like, I just, I don't, I, I, that's not my sweet spot. I know yeah. that. And she was like, Well, what about this other role? And I was like, There's another role. And she was like, Yeah. So she told her assistant to show me the other role. And he's like, He pulls me aside and we look at the script and he's like, So it's early thirties, Ivy League graduate. Oh, that's, that's you. That is you. That's you. So I'm like, you mean my <laughs> actual life? Yeah. Uh, that's you. So she's yeah. like, you know, you can come back tomorrow. And I was like, no, I'll do it today. So yeah. I read the script. I'm really good at memorizing. <laughs> so like in 10 minutes, I came back in, read it. And she was like, oh my God, come on. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So then I went in for the callback. The next uh, week did the callback. So that went fine. And then the next callback, I had an anxiety attack. So that was Why? fun. I don't producer, know. Was it a, was the, the producer second in the one, room? It was the same group of people. I don't know. Well, you know what? The well, longer they string you, and it's not a string, because I know it's several auditions to well, get the part. Well, the more you want it. But, yeah. And I think that was just, when I realized be, I wanted it. Too yeah. much attention on it. And it's yeah. like, Because ah, at the second one, you're just like hyped that you even got that far. Even though I knew Issa it's and exhausting. these people, it's yeah. still just like, oh, cool. Callback. So you're more on adrenaline. Yeah. By the third one, I'm in my head. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I just thought I bombed. Like, I just really? really, really did think I bombed. And then Issa had, like, sent me a text, like, you know, thanks for coming in. And um, I'm just like, all right, Was whatever. she watching you at that third audition? She was watching me at the second. Oh, the and second, the okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they had said that there was going to be a table read. They were going to cast before the table read. And I had to go to Grenada. I'm from Grenada. So I was about to go to Grenada, and I would have missed the table read, but they said that it didn't matter. But they said I would know before I went to Grenada. And so then I went to Grenada yeah, and there was nothing. So then I'm in Grenada and I see that they're at the table read. What the fuck? And I'm like, I can't believe it. You know, and then I was like, 
just, just, you know, you just get frustrated because you're like, damn, like I didn't even know that I didn't even get it. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And then, no one told me. and then I texted my agent and was like, oh, I just saw that online, like that they're doing the table read. So I guess I didn't book it. And she was like, nah, they didn't even cast it yet. They mm-hmm. just went ahead with the table read. Oh. So I was like, so I'm still in the yeah. game. <laughs> so then I came back and we did a chemistry test. And uh, the chemistry test is its own level of stress because- I've never done one of those. A chemistry test is stressful because it's not like you're just doing your shit. Like they're interchanging you with different folks. And so you're having to like see different people and you know, you're just in the waiting area. Do they give you scripts? You'd improv? Uh, it's a bit of both. Yeah. So you do I'd the imagine. script for this particular one. I read with the other three women that had already been cast. So Issa, Yvonne and Natasha. And then I had to do a just improv scene. Well, it was a written scene that turns into improv. Got it. So a, a written scene with the guy who plays my husband. So I did it with a couple of guys. And um, oh, that's what is that? What is that? Like doing a chemistry test, like to test for actual romantic chemistry. Yeah. Do you have to force it? Like what? Like so you have to pretend the I guy's mean, something he's not if you're not attracted to him. What if he says he wants to have a house with no mirrors? Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? Pretend uh, you didn't say it? Well, it's acting. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had to do a chemistry test with Justin Long one time, which is like. <laughs> oh, he's sweet. Yeah, but like, I, I don't think I don't we've discussed. I've never you. Did, yeah, he's not, just not even my. Uh, not for uh, me, not for you. Yeah. <laughs> like I had to really work through that one. Yeah. So <laughs> this one, <laughs> this one was interesting because the test wasn't really about romance as much as it was like, how would you guys argue? Right. Yeah. How would the depth, what, what would that look like? Yeah. And the guy who ends up playing my husband, who's like my spirit animal, Wade Elaine Marcus, I love you. Um, he played it in such a different way than the other guys. Mm. Like the other guys, like we met each other at yelling. Whereas Wade just was like, I'll be quiet. Oh, and that that's fun. And he just had this face of like, I mean, you could wild out if you want. Oh, <laughs> he got you pissed. Yeah. yeah. And so that, Ooh. I was like, challenge accepted. Nothing makes you more furious than someone who will be say quiet during yes. an argument. Like, oh. And I just remember he had this just, this stance in the seat of like, I'm where Cocky. I'm at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cocky. I'm where I'm mm, at. Yeah. What you doing? And, uh. <laughs> Good move. And, and the other, the other like crazy part about that was that they didn't have, they were in like a new office where they didn't have enough room for us to be in like a waiting room once mm-hmm. we went over to the space. So you had to sit outside and listen to everyone else's. Oh um, God. Which is incredibly nerve wracking. Yeah. And then there's people that know them. So they come in the room and it's like, oh my God. It's like, you're just like, why am I even here? You guys are besties already. It's like any like, little thing any little is thing so, play with you're you. sensitive to when you're that close to it. So I was... I was driving on the 405 and no, I was driving on the 101. I was driving on the 101. This is <laughs> wow. You're so LA. <laughs> I know. You were LA. Now. I was like, <laughs> mean the, God, the same to me. Yeah. We don't, we don't say that. Around. I was driving and I got a text that was like, and me and Issa, I was you got the and, you, and you heard it, but then you pulled over and well, you read she, it later for safety. <laughs> she like, Oprah, she I did the pledge. Me, I pledged. She texted me white applause hands. <laughs> and this is our joke. Cause I'm just like, I didn't know how to take that. Cause I was like, what do white applause hands mean? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Is that like a thanks for coming Issa in? Issa texted you that? Yes. And oh, I was like, weird. is that a thanks for coming in? That seems mean if she's your friend though. To, yeah. To if you white didn't, clap you. But she you wasn't didn't get really my friend. She's an acquaintance. I mean, she, at this oh. point she's a business acquaintance right. I mean, she's a homie okay you know what i'm saying but it's also just polite to, like at that point right. in the in the audition process you know me well enough to be like thanks for coming in yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you did a great job because mm-hmm. i also didn't 
Like it could have just been like a great job. Okay. We yeah. haven't made the decision yet. Great job. She had already texted me great job before, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe this was all like these little things, you know, they and do like, matter. They matter. They mean something. And I hit her back That's and I was we're like, all insane. I yep. hit her back. I was like, I don't understand why the applause hands. I don't know how to take this. And she's like, oh, I'm on an Android. <laughs> we don't have color hands yet. Oh, <laughs> Android. Come and, uh, <laughs> and she was like, you got it. And I was like, ah! I mean, I almost got in a car accident. Like it was, I mean, it was because I've been working a long time in lateral positions. Like, Mm -hmm. and my mom would always be like, Amanda, you are working. You are. And I'm like, but I'm not doing anything that's getting me over the hump. Like I'm hosting this stuff. I'm getting little checks here and there. You know, I'm in the, I'm in the face of people for what it's worth, but like, I'm not doing anything of like a major value that is going to be able to advance my voice and advance yeah. my my ideas, you know? And so it was like, once I booked this, I knew like you've now booked something that has like value. Yeah, like, that's this a is huge a huge show. I turned it on and I saw oh you and I was God. like, I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, so cool. I was so it, it, You're it, so good at it. It's so exciting to just even see someone who you, you know, you know a little bit, you've seen it around at shows that you've been doing it. And it, I think it's and really it's, nice because you're like, okay, this, this can happen. It is possible. And it's that's such a good show. Like to be on a show that you fuck with and that you would watch it's regardless. Yeah. And like you do pilot season and you audition for all these shows and you'd be happy to get on any of these shows yep. like let's be fucking real like no matter how job, sassy the role yeah you know, yeah like you got <laughs> a job like yeah you got, so sure. to so to be in a position where i finally like got this job that does that isn't just a job you know like i just got bumped up to series regular this isn't your reality oh, cool. so uh real housewives no. fucking bullshit no thought put into it no gig it's a real show that has value and now like with the series regular title, like you get more money, you get more screen time, you get more ability to like get into your role and really like make this and role an iconic role. You know, like yeah, I, I want people cool. to say at some point, like you're being such a Tiffany. Like I want them to do that. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And so I really appreciate our writers for even like giving me the space to do that. Like giving me lines that get that get to do that. Because listen, you're at the behest of your writers, really. Like yeah. they are who are descri- defining so much of what you get to like walk away with. And so what I love about our writers is like they create these characters that have enough of a solid ground, but enough of a room for you to like go to the moon with. Yeah. You know, so like episode eight, like I really got to like oh, show my chop. Good. And that was such a good episode. It's like so funny to me how people are like, yo, like. I didn't recognize you. And I'm like, that's acting. Yeah. You know, like, because it's, the role is so aptly, like, it's so opposite of me, y'all. Yeah. Well, like, and I was just so excited for that show when I saw the first preview. I was watching, you know, Girls or something. And I and I was like, okay, this looks like a great show. I liked it because it was marketed as just a show. A show. Not a, not, not, not a black show. Hi, we have a black show for you. It was just a show. A, and I, I immediately, as soon as it came out, we both watched it. I was like, this is, and it, it was great. And it was just like, okay. It's just so refreshing to see, tele- to see women portrayed on television and they're not, they're, they're, the, you could tell the writers are not condescending, no, talking down themselves. to, it's just purely, yeah. And, and I think too, like, do you, I'm curious if you get talked down to a lot because I feel like that I would imagine that happens, where pe- especially when people are like, oh, you want to like, oh, you're like, dreams are really cute. Like, I just feel like, well, that's what I actually will say women about get LA. That in a, fucking drives me nuts. I feel like I was getting that in New York 
And I feel like, really? you, yeah. And I feel like LA has this reputation for that, but I definitely feel like enough New Yorkers have gone to LA now where mm. like, it's not like it, it hasn't been that way. What's been really interesting and encouraging and inspiring about being in LA is that all these idiosyncrasies that I had that seemed like flaws in New York are like lauded in huh. LA. So like the fact that I'm incredibly meticulous and work really hard and don't like give up people in LA are like, finally, thank yeah. you. You mm-hmm. know, because there's so much inspire me. There's so much energy of like, just wait and see that happens in LA. Like yeah. just chill out and wait and see. And you know, I'm somebody who's like, I'm not coming here to like get made into a star. I'm coming here to make myself into what I plan to be. So like when I got to LA, I started doing my own comedy shows. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, that's how I'm going to get control. <laughs> on stuff. And so people will be like, well, how do you break in? It's like, you bust through the fucking door. Like you make your own doorway. Like that's how. And so even for like Issa, Issa and I know each other because of my work, not Mm -hmm. because I was like, Hey, can I be on your show? It was because, Hey, I have a show. My first season of my web series, get your life was on Issa's channel on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yo, people come to me all the time with like, I want to do a show. And they never do the show. And she's like, you're one of the few people who actually like said you were going to do something and did it. And that's how like you end up turning people who seemed like idols into colleagues. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so for me, it's like a really exciting time in my life to like be in a room now with folks. And it's like, we're not, I'm not aspiring to like be where you are. Like I'm planning like you know what I mean like it's mutual respect and it's mutual respect and in New York it just got to a point where it felt like I'm doing dope stuff and people are going that's dope and then and then they walk away whereas in LA at this point it feels like you do something dope and people go how can we make more for this how can we make this dope they're craving that more yeah yeah yeah, that's great and there's producers like there's people who are who are actively taking ideas and putting them to praxis in a different way than you had it on paper. Like, Mm. you know, like they're taking it off the paper and putting it into the world and into the universe. And that's now where I am. Like I am in a position now where it's like, okay, next step is to start doing that for people. Like taking people's ideas, bringing it to reality outside of like just this on paper version. And as a black woman creative, it's imperative that we have as many of us doing that on both sides of the table. Yeah. You know, we need execs. Yes. We need executives that understand. I hate the word diversity at this point, but that (laughs) that understand that like authenticity and the story are what matter. Mm -hmm. That's what people watch for. You know, people and are that's not why watching. when it's like sassy black girl in the breakdown, you're like, no, no, no. we can do better than this. Well, because everyone can smell phoniness, even in comedy. That's why they even just like uh, you don't see like so much jokes anymore when you go to a comedy show on stage. Like you don't see like set up punchline. You see like this is my story. This is what's funny about it. Yeah, people were just tired of like these really contrived pieces of comedy. Like I'm tired of contrived pieces of men like that's what I'm tired of like that's honestly what is really the problem in LA it's like uh, so many of the guys out there are that are literally like this is where I'm supposed to be this kind of person and so I came out to LA so I could be like this kind of person like they're playing pretend or like they watched Entourage too many times yes like Mm. I'm supposed to be like this or my favorite I literally had a man tell me you can't be my priority right now because I need to be obsessed with myself like that was what? words that left somebody's mouth mm-hmm. like to my like face while I was standing in front of And that of was supposed to make you feel better? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. And so like, you know, when when you 
are authentic and genuine, like that's, it re- it's so repulsive, you know? And like, because yeah. in my work life, I'm not even dealing with that in my work life because I don't have people anymore. Like, I mean, I had a, I had a manager in New York literally tell me the road isn't for women. What? What uh, road? Like comedy, uh, like going on the road. Oh, 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 I, I thought you meant like this, like a journey. Yeah. No, <laughs> this oh, journey's like, not meant for the women. The road isn't for women. The road isn't for women. The, ro- I was the road like, is for no one. <laughs> the road yeah, is for honestly. no one. I was like, I need to be doing dates. I need to be out here. And he was like, yeah, well, that's not for you, though. See, uh, mm. That's not for you. I'm like, well, first of all, don't tell me what's for me. I was, Yeah, I was like, how would that person know what is for you? You know, if I say it's for me, it's yeah. for me. Yeah. So and, if I, and, and if it turns out it's not for me, I'll learn that. Yeah. But I'm going to be the one who says that. Yeah. You, you know, can't help so, me get there. See you later. See you later. You know, and uh, I have had one person tell me in in L.A. She was like, you know, so what's your plan? I said, well, I want to have a multi a multimedia moguldom, you know, in the same vein as like a Chelsea Handler. I may not agree with Chelsea Handler's purview, but I do agree with like the built what she's built for herself. Mm-hmm. And she's done so based on her point of view. So she has this like multimedia platform, whether it's books, she's live, genuine. Too. And it's what and it's who she is. Yeah. Right. So that's what I want. I want it built on who I am. And she was like, well, I mean, <laughs> how are you going to do that? And I was like, Not with that attitude. <laughs> right. I was like, well, I mean, I'm going to chip away at the marble. Like, that's what we're doing. And she's like, well, unless you're going to fuck an executive. I mean, I don't understand how you're going to make that. happen. No. What? Wait, what? Wait, was she your man? Uh, this no, was this is somebody I met in a oh. works. Space okay, got it. Who does help in the realm? People, yeah. Yes. Okay, but it was like wow. And it's I, her job I, to help people. But her, her, she just does her job by shooting down your dream. And that's like, what I said like to her. You I said, "Well, I'm only somebody. interested in working with people who see that plan, who see that goal, and immediately go into plan mode." Yeah. yeah. Anyone who feels like that goal is far fetched is not is not who you want to work with. Yeah. At all, man. That's huh. Okay. You know, I, I always thought like that's such a stereotypical thing to say. Like, or like in a movie script or TV script, or like, well, you gotta sleep your way to the top, Amanda. But like, people actually say that. But people actually do do that. Yeah. And well, we, Corinne and I were on the road and we uh, uh, got talked down to by men, grown men, probably 40 plus in a way. It's so enough times where I was like, is this the fucking Twilight Zone? Oh, it was just Salt Lake I didn't City, know that. Actually. <laughs> it, it was, yeah. Yeah, because Dallas, me. it didn't happen. But, no, uh, Dallas was lovely. And the audiences were great, but the people outside of the venue were... Anyone who wasn't at our show was terrible. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I almost felt like... <laughs> Gotta I be would... honest. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm, very, I'm very open if I hate the people at our show. I tell oh, yeah, them yeah. right to their face, so that's not a problem. But they <laughs> happened to be really lovely. Yeah, they but, were great. But God, the men had said st- uh, stuff to us. We were like, wait, what are you wait and like i couldn't believe it because sometimes people talk to women like they're children which like is i'm my, a little which fucking is my girl favorite thing who can't do anything i mean i know i think some people times people do think like that i'm still in my 20s which thank you right uh, but also that you shouldn't be talking to women in their 20s like that i mean you shouldn't be talking to anyone over the age of uh six i would say well i mean i was recently at a show where i was talking to the the booker and like the server who was taking my order had come up to ask me a question and the booker was like, this is when you disappear. Ooh. He said that to the server. And I was like, 
there's no need for you to talk to her like that. Like you can converse with me without being disrespectful to her. Right. People try to do it like, like it makes them look cool and important. And then, so when you, the person he's trying to like look cool and important for say that, then you just look like a chump all around. And yeah. it's great. Yeah. I mean, but this is <laughs> Corinne's <laughs> favorite moments. Mm. <laughs> this is why there are no guys. I fucked like this is why, because I can't, <laughs> I can't take Bring it, it anymore. Like I just, I can't, take it anymore like i really have just so listen it's not for lack of trying yeah okay mm-hmm. like i would love to suck a dick but mm-hmm. the, i can't but you gotta to want to suck that dick that dick's gotta not want to be in a house with no mirror like you, you can't you need to you, i need to give me something i'm 35 emotionally. i'll be 36 this year mm-hmm. and honestly i'm at this point where it's like if you're not coming at me like i'm coming at you what are we doing? Yeah. Don't waste my time. Don't waste <laughs> my time. Like, I don't, I'm not doing the like, let's just like enjoy each other's Where company. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, like you need to come at me with an intention. That's why I like being, getting older. Like, I feel like with every year, that idea, that concept of like, don't fucking waste my time. You spot bullshit quicker. And it's just, it's, it's life is more fun. Cause you don't put up with shit. You don't put up with shit. And I mean, That's I, exhausting. I would love to have someone who on a rainy day, it's like, I can call them and it's like, we don't have a ties. We don't have like commitment ties to each Mm -hmm. other, but we enjoy each other's company and you come through and we hang out and whatever happens, happens. I would love to be able to do that. But it's like, there's still this like sense of ego that is so attached to a lot of these guys where like, they can't even fathom that you would be able to do that and not want to marry them. Don't get attached. Yeah. Like I don't, I can very clearly delineate who I would get attached to. And who I would not get attached to. Yeah. But they're still so caught up. In, and at the end of the day, like, I just can't take in consideration. It is the most pussy drying activity ever for me. Mm-hmm. Like, my time is just important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, when you can't even conceptualize that, like, we made a plan and you just don't care. Like, I, I'll let that happen twice. Yeah. After that, we're... Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. So, you know, it's, it's so, so I've, 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 uh, I've definitely, like, I was coming on the show and I was like, I don't even know, guys, I fuck to talk about. <laughs> like, I refuse to fuck comedians because they're just rappers Understood. with no money. <laughs> so, oh, that's really true. Wow. What are we doing? That's a good point, Amanda. Wow. Wow. <sighs> <laughs> a collective sigh. Yeah. Cause <sighs> I, you know, I think whenever anybody asks us about feminism, like every time we do an interview, everyone's like, what's your definition of feminism? And why do people think it's weird? And, you know, I feel like we've talked, I've never talked about feminism so much. And, and, but in that it's just like, Oh, you know what I want? I want, I want people to respect that. I want to work hard and do good shit. That's all. That's all I want. out of That's I, it. That's what I want out of feminism. I want men and women to not go, oh, your dreams are so cute. Like, fuck you. It's just that those little fucking moments in life that add up that make your me- little show. Your little yeah, podcast. Your little skits. You're going to do some right. skits. skits. Fucking shut up. And or then, who even cares if they say that? I don't even want them to respect me. I just want them to leave me alone. That's like, <laughs> I mean, I would stay out of my way. I would take either. Hmm. But it's like, it's so like, ugh, just sick of hearing like. I'm just at a point where it's bullshit. like. I just want to do what I want to do and be trusted that anything I am pursuing, I'm doing at a incredibly high level of excellence and quality. Mm -hmm. And that is what I'm shooting for. Anything I create, I create from two points of view. How does this serve me? And how does this serve the people? Mm -hmm. If I can't figure out how those two things align, it doesn't go further than a piece of paper. Um, And that's that. I mean, that's where I'm at. And like, I would love to meet somebody that gets that and is inspired by that. 
and not intimidated. Because then once that happens, it's like, yes, we're yes. going gonna to fucking make something so good. So when you had asked before, like, is it the universe? Is it me? I mean, I do feel like there's a certain level of like the universe is saying you don't have time right now. Yeah. Like lay your foundation, build your house around you, you know, because for all intents and purposes, I feel like I've been existing in a shack for like a really well decorated <laughs> shack for a while in terms of like what my existence as a creative is like it's always felt very flimsy whereas right now I feel like I'm building the castle yeah you know like this is what I want to live in for the rest of my days Mm -hmm. and even if at some point I decide to remodel like what you're seeing is someone who's really realized like this is where I'm at this comedy space is where like I find like I feel like I came home you know like it was like for a lot of my life I thought I was just this misanthrope who was misunderstood, didn't like people and was overly analytical. And then eventually I was like, oh, you're a comic. <laughs> that's yeah. what you are. Like once I was doing stand up and like was in this mix, I was like, oh, that's what you are. All these things that seemed like negative aspects actually are imperative exactly to your success yeah, <laughs> in yeah. this field, you know, oh, yeah. and in defining all the things you do in this field. So it's like, I'm coming on the show at a time in my life. <laughs> uh, it's a very burgeoning time for my my. I just want to do work you can be proud of. Yeah, you know, you know that was beautiful. That was a beautiful 360. You really brought it. You all brought it all around. <laughs> there was there was excellence and quality in, in that work. Thank you, yeah, Jesus. You can where can we ambitious. find you after we're done listening to this episode? Um, well, there's all the, of course, there's the socials. So yes. there's Amanda Seals, uh, Amanda, S-E-A-L-E-S on all of the social medias. Apparently I'm really good at Instagram stories. Oh, Ooh, I love pe- watching people's so Instagram people stories. So people have been like telling me in the street, like, I love your Instagram stories. I'm going to watch them because I love a g- comic. There's a bunch of comics I have in my head that have great Instagram stories. I love it. So that can be a source of joy for you. Uh, also, my the second season of my web series, Get Your Life, in the first as well, you can watch on blavity.com, B L. L-A-V-I-T-Y.com. It's a site for black millennials, but you can go to it even if you're not a black millennial. Nice. They don't shoot the camera at your, <laughs> at your face. I'm like, oh, you're not allowed yeah, to get out of here, Whitey. Access to not. <laughs> so uh, I host a show called Greatest Ever on True TV. And then you can also see me on Insecure Season 2 coming in the summer. So the, we got moved up. And if you're in L.A., uh, you can catch me every first Tuesday at Nerd Melt with Smart, Funny and Black. Oh, perfect. You have a big L.A. listening listenership. Yes. So and if you follow me, like, I mean, I post my shows, but come out to some see some stand up. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on that needs the support of smart, especially women Mm -hmm. uh, to keep going and to keep thriving. So come spend your money on that stuff. I love it. Oh, good. Good. Thank you very much for spending this Sunday with us, Amanda. Thanks for having me, guys. We've been talking about this, so I'm glad we were able to make it. No, I know. I was like, when when you were in from like we were like, this is the one day. (laughs) Yes, we've had it for a long time. Uh, So thank you so much. This has been guys. We fucked the anti slut chimney podcast. We'll talk to you next week.
Dirty Lemon for sponsoring Guys We Fuck. Dirty Lemon is a wellness beverage brand which makes sugar-free drinks comprised of lemon juice and beneficial ingredients that have been established in a naturopathic community. To order, just go to DirtyLemon.com, register your mobile number, send them a text, and expect a delivery in one to two days. Mention you heard about it on Guys We Fuck. They'll throw in a case of sleep beverages for free with your first order. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.